Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. So we are starting a new series today, but this, this new series is, is a little different, and it, it's starting out different. And, and the reason why we're starting out, because we're, we're going to start the series about covenants. And over the next several weeks, as we move closer to, to Lent and move closer to Easter, yeah, it, it'll be here before we, we know it. But I thought it would be good for us as we think about the covenant that we have with with the God who loves us and cares for us to to take a look at the covenants that are are written in Scripture all the way back from the, the covenant between Adam and Eve all the way to the new covenant through Jesus Christ. But, but there's one covenant that we participate in in our, our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. And it may be a covenant when you were a, a little baby and your parents brought you to a church to be, to be baptized at the uh, font. Or, or maybe as you were a, a young adult or, or maybe even a, a, a youth or, or a child and you wanted to affirm what you believe through the waters of baptism, you participated in this, this covenantal act that we call baptism. But we participate in baptism because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. So, so today, as we, as we honor and as we remember and as we celebrate the baptism of Jesus Christ, we're, we're going to have a moment where we, as followers of Jesus Christ, will be able to reaffirm our own baptismal vows. But as we prepare for that, I invite you to go to God in prayer with me. Let us pray. Lord, as the praise team sang, we say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, come and fill this place. Lord, as we take this opportunity to, to hear about your baptism and then take the opportunity to possibly reaffirm our own baptisms. We just pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So I don't want to get too far ahead of, of where we are. But one of the things that I've always noticed when, when I've taken a look at the church calendar is that once Advent hits and once we celebrate Christmas, there is a lot that happens. 
there, there is a lot within the story of Jesus Christ as we move into Epiphany. We had you know, the coming of the wise men uh, last Sunday to, to bring in the season of Epiphany. And, and from now until we get to the season of Lent, well, which would be the beginning of, of March, we're going to be really focused on the ministry of Jesus Christ. That, 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 that ministry and, and that, that manifestation of, of who God is in the flesh of Jesus and, and participate in, in the works and, and the teachings of, of Jesus. And one of the first things that happens before Jesus preaches even a sermon, he goes to the Jordan River and he gets baptized by his cousin, John. So we're going to take a look at one of the baptism passages of Jesus through Luke chapter 3, verses 15 through 17, and then verse 21 through 22. I invite you to follow along as we'll have the words on the screen, or if you can follow along in your Bibles. So the people, they were waiting. They were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I will come, and the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, and his winnowing fork is in his hand to, to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn." But he will burn up the chaff and, and with unquenchable fire. And when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, saying, You are my Son, whom I love with you. I am well pleased. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So if you remember, as we began the, the season of Advent, we, we were talking about how there is this dual purpose of Advent. Of course, it helps us remember that we're, we're moving close to the birth of Jesus Christ, but it's also ushering in and reminding us of, of, of Christ's second coming. And in the midst of that, we, we heard the story about uh, two individuals that basically drop off of the Bible after their appearance in the beginning of the Gospel of Luke by the name of Elizabeth and Zechariah. And Elizabeth and Zechariah are important because of their relationship with Mary, but also they're important because Elizabeth gave birth to John. We know him as John the Baptist. I tell you, John the Baptist is probably a, a very, probably to put it nicely, eccentric young man. He, he, he lived out in, in the wilderness. He, he, he wore clothes just made out of, out of fur. He ate uh, these locust flowers and, 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 and honey. And he was a part of a group called the Essenes, which separated themselves from the Jewish people. 
They, they separated themselves so that they may be, be holy. But John the Baptist, he, he had a, a task. And when we hear a little bit about his task in our, our scripture this morning is that he came to preach repentance. In other words, he came to, to remind people that they needed to, to turn from, from what they were doing in order so that they may follow God fully and more holy. He does this in order to fulfill the Old Testament prophecy that, that he is one that is coming in the wilderness. And he is coming to proclaim the coming of the Christ. And as he is doing this, people are, are gathering around him and they're, 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 they're kind of catching what he's saying. And, and it's getting them excited because, because they know that there is something more that they know that there is something that they're missing and and the very first thing that John the Baptist reminds them is that they're missing it because they have failed to repent now that's something we really kind of stay away from in our own lives because we don't want to feel like well we have to repent we we won't feel like we have everything all under control but but the, through the words of John the Baptist we know that each and every one of us as we as we come into our relationship with Jesus Christ we know that we must turn we we must leave the the past behind us and move into a life that allows us to grow in Christ likeness to ourselves and to others. John the Baptist does this just a little bit earlier in, in Luke chapter 3 when we see all of these different people are coming to him. He has, uh, as we have written in Scripture, he says that anyone with two shirts should share with the one who has none. Anyone who has food should do the same. I think we can get along with that, can't we? Yes, if we see somebody who does not have clothing, we need to share what it is that we have with others. And definitely, if we see people who are hungry, we need to make sure that they are fed. See, these are words to just the, the common folk, but just the common folk weren't the only ones that were coming to John the Baptist. As we move forward into our scripture, we see that even the tax collectors came to be baptized, that the tax collectors realized that, that they needed to, to repent, and they needed to turn from, from their ways. And to them, he said, what, they said, what should we do? And he said, well, don't collect more than you're required to. Tax collectors were known for being thieves in themselves, putting their thumb on the scale to, to make sure that they got just a little bit more than what they should already get. But it doesn't stop with the tax collectors. Soldiers who, who ruled over Israel at the time, who, who kept the people oppressed, they came to be baptized and they asked, well, what should we do? And John replies, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with what your pay is. 
See, to understand repentance, we see John telling just the, the ordinary people of Israel to the tax collectors, to the, the soldiers that have come to be repentance, you must change your life. You, you must change your mind and not think about those things that you, you dwelt on in the past. But in this act of repentance, it's more than just saying, I'm sorry. But it's a full of turning away from what you have done to allow the love and grace of Jesus Christ to fill your lives. I know growing up, we used to play a game. I may have shared this game with you at one time that my brother and my, my oldest cousin and myself would play with each other. We would be absolutely horrible and mean to one another. We, we would do things, you know, slugging each other, dragging, pe dragging people across the floor, and then we would get so, to a point where we would say, that's it, I'm done, I'm going to go tell mom and dad, or I'm going to go tell my aunt and uncle. And then here comes, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to do it. You know, I won't do it again, I won't do it again. You know that they were going to do it again. You knew that I was going to do it again, just waiting for the perfect and right time just to slug them one more time so I can get away with it. See, that's not repentance. That's just not wanting to get caught. That's wanting to make sure that I'm able to give what was given to me. But see, what John the Baptist is talking about here is like saying, no, your life is different now. When you come under the waters of baptism, you are marking yourself differently, saying that your life is no longer your own, but you belong to Jesus. You belong to God, and the Holy Spirit will guide you and lead you and help you to live your life in a more full way. See, it helps us to see that, that when we come to the waters of baptism, what we see in this scripture is that we get a, a better picture of who Jesus is. We don't really get a full picture of, of what that means in, in the Gospel of Luke, but we do see it in Matthew and we do see it in John. When, when Jesus comes to the waters of baptism, John already says that I'm not worthy to untie his sandals, but when he comes to the waters of Matthew, John says, no, I, I'm not supposed to baptize you. You are supposed to baptize me. And Jesus says, no, that's not the way it works. You are to baptize me to, to make sure that everything is fulfilled, that, that that righteousness comes. And then later in the Gospel of John, as Jesus is walking by John and his disciples, John exclaims, look, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. When we come to the waters of baptism, we too can then proclaim just like John did and recognize what Jesus has done for us and what the waters of baptism helps remind us that the Lamb of God has come. And through the waters of baptism, our sins are, are washed away. 
And it reminds us that we now have a different relationship with Jesus Christ. Romans 6, 4 reminds us that we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too now have a new life. And my friends, I don't know if that just lifts your spirit, but it lifts mine, is that I no longer live my life as my own. But because I have gone through the waters of baptism, I experienced the death of Jesus Christ. That way I may be raised with him and live a life that is different now. The waters of baptism reminds us of obedience. Obedience to what Christ has taught us, the obedience of, of what we see written in the word of God. And it helps us to remember that we are to honor the commitment we have all made to follow Jesus Christ. When we participate in the waters of baptism, we are reminded that it is a form of accountability. It's a form of accountability by letting the world know who and whose we are. One of my favorite stories about my mom and dad when I was growing up was that I would go out to, to hang out with friends in Hutchinson, Kansas, and before we leave, mom and dad would say, now remember whose child you are. And then being the snot-nosed little teenager I was, yes, I know, I'm the son of Glenn and Fran Everson. And mom and dad would look at me and go, well, yeah, that's right. But you are also a child of God. And because you are a child of God, you live your life as a child of God. I believe the different phone calls that mom and dad would get or whenever I would get home after an evening of being out with my friends, my dad would sit there and go, so what were you doing at this particular place at this particular time? Now, I didn't do anything wrong or anything, but it, it really got my antennas going up, going, okay, what, what is it that my dad thinks that I did? And dad said, people see you, and people know that you are related to me, but people also know that you claim the name of Christ. And when you are out and about in the world, you are held accountable to a different standard and allows us to realize that we are to tell the world what we stand for, but it also reminds us that we need to tell the world what we don't stand for. It helps us to remember that as we look at each other, as we hold each other accountable through our, our life as, as followers of Jesus Christ, we help each other when we veer off course. We help each other to remember whose child we are and how we live in his kingdom. Finally, the waters of baptism and the story of Christ's baptism, it helps announce. 
and echo what we find in 2 Corinthians 5.17, where it reminds us that, therefore, if anyone who is in Christ, you are a new creation. That new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. Baptism is, is a public way to announce that we believe that the power of Christ lives in us, has forgiven our sins, and has called us to change our lives, to be a witness to his love and to his grace. That's why today in the church we recognize this Sunday as Jesus' baptism, but we also offer the opportunity to to renew our baptismal vows. Not, not to be rebaptized because we believe in one baptism and that one baptism covers all that we do, but it, it's always good to remind ourselves what that baptism means. I remember a few years ago when we went to Israel and we had the opportunity to reaffirm our baptismal vows in the Jordan River. We actually baptized some in the Jordan River, but, but that was just such a great moment to be there in those waters, to, to remember that Christ was baptized there, and we too share within that baptism. And even though today we'll be doing that and, and we're not going to be fully immersing ourselves or wading into a river as you take the opportunity to, to touch the water and, and touch your forehead to remember the love that Christ has poured out on you to change your life, to, to make you a new creation so that we can then share that new creation with the world around us. So we begin. Here at the waters that maybe some of you were baptized in through this font. We share in remembering the liturgies that were prayed over us. The opportunities to allow others to share these words for us so today you share these words for yourself. And you recommit your life. And you, you recommit yourself through the waters to say, Lord, today I repent. Lord, today I turn. Lord, today I, I give myself back to you so that I may be your servant and work in your kingdom. Let us pray. Oh God, as we prepare to receive this gift of reaffirmation, help us to remember that we are no longer our own but yours, that you guide us and lead us, that you allow this water to shape us, to, to put aside those things that have held us back and to live fully in your kingdom. So God, we thank you for the reminder of who you are and of whose we are. Allow this time to fully 
Help us to live as your disciples as we move into this new year. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.